Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 44, Creativity to Cut Tension. Welcome once again to the Awareness Offerings podcast. Thank you. For being here. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, the best ways you can do so are by rating, subscribing, and or leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen, which helps other people find the show, um, just as it does when you share, when you share about it on social media and word of mouth. And I'm really grateful for the ways that you do that. And as I say every single week, especially, essentially grateful that we just get to be here together. So welcome and thank you. Let's move right into our opening practice, our shared practice of singing the sound of Om together. Om is the sound of consciousness. It is the sound of the universe, uh, according to yogic philosophy. And so when we sing it or practice with it, it's like turning the dial on a, on a radio where Typically, the station is set to our thoughts, which can be very, you know, constricted and sometimes chaotic and keep us really focused on the the sort of um, just a more limited perspective um, that the mind can usually give us, whereas OM turns the dial to kind of a broader, more open, more eternal uh, and sometimes less noisy perspective, the, the perspective of consciousness rather than thought. So that's what we're doing when we sing Om. You can always sing it out loud or just listen to do this practice. And if you are coming along with me, I'll invite you just to get your body into a comfortable position. You can choose to close your eyes or take a soft gaze, maybe looking down the tip of your nose or toward the floor. If it is both safe and supportive and comfortable for you to close your eyes or soften your eyes, just as a way of turning the consciousness, the awareness toward yourself. Then from here, you might take a deep breath in through your nose if nostril breath is available right now. And a full exhale, just clearing some space for this practice. And then we'll inhale for one sound of OM. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now we'll go into this week's discussion. We're talking about creativity this week. And, you know, we are just one week removed from a really horrific mass shooting. There have been, there's been another one um, since the one in Uvalde last week that I, that I discussed on last week's podcast. I'm recording this on the week of June 2nd, uh, 2022, in case you're listening at a different time. But uh, recording this just one week removed from 
some really horrific events and in the context of a world that's really full of, of really challenging events. And so it might seem strange to say, okay, let's talk about creativity because it's easy to feel like creativity is this like light and, and fun and kind of um, airy thing to talk about. And, and it's like, why would we be talking about that in a world that's so heavy? Um, but I'm hoping that I, can, that I can illuminate that throughout this discussion. I woke up this morning, the morning that I was to record this podcast, thinking about Saraswati. Saraswati. She's one of the Hindu deities or Hindu forms of the sacred. And you hear me talk about Hindu uh, philosophy and sacred forms a lot uh, on this podcast because I am a student of yoga and yoga and Hinduism grew up together. They're not exactly the same, but they grew up together in India and had a deep influence on each other. And so the Hindu deities are present in yoga philosophy as I've been taught it and as it is understood in my lineage. So I think and talk a lot about Hindu deities. And when you hear me say deity or god or goddess i will always emphasize that what that means to me again as i understand it from my teachers and my lineage is an archetype a form of energy a symbol a story for helping us understand sacred energy which is this huge kind of unknowable thing that's so much bigger than us giving us little bite-sized stories and symbols and representations to help us understand sacred energy a little bit better so that's what a deity means to me and i woke up thinking about saraswati one of the hindu deities i actually have her i'm looking at her right now because i have a photo of her hanging above my work desk uh, because she is the deity or the essence or the energy of creativity She represents sacred creativity. She's associated with music, with learning. And I keep her over my desk just to imbue the work that I do from this desk, my my social media strategy work where I do so much, you know, social media work for for my clients and myself, um, my counseling work as I study to be a clinical social worker and um, creatively meet folks in the the therapeutic space, um, my my yoga work. Uh, I don't teach yoga usually from this desk, but uh, it's all connected. So I, I keep her with me to help infuse me with creativity, with that creative essence, because I find that makes it much easier to do, to show up to the world and, and, and do my work um, when there is an essence, a sacred essence of creativity, when it feels like that is on my side. Um, so that kind of brings me to why I'm talking about creativity specifically right now. And I will start by sharing a, a quote that comes from my, my guru, the master teacher, the primary teacher in my lineage of yoga and spiritual study. Her name was Ma Jaya Sati Bhagavati. If you've listened to this podcast, you've probably heard me talk about her. She was this incredible spiritual teacher. She was born in Brooklyn, New York, um, and had a spiritual awakening and essentially was called to teach and serve and dedicate her life to the teachings of of yoga um, and interfaith, not just, you know, the Hinduism that's associated with yoga or the Judaism that was her primary background, but an interfaith understanding of, of love and spirituality. And so she was this amazing spiritual teacher. Um, I, I feel very connected to her, though I never met her while she was alive. And she has this one quote that I was speaking to one of my beloved fellow community members who also loves her, who said that uh, they believe that she 
adapted this quote or, or paraphrased or modified it from the Hatha Yoga Pradipika the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, which is one of the, the ancient yogic texts that lays out what yoga is. But the quote from her, from Ma, is, when stress walks in, Saraswati walks out. When stress walks in, Saraswati walks out, which can also be translated if we think about, you know, Saraswati as a symbol or an energy as when stress walks in, creativity walks out. When stress walks in, creativity walks out. And that's my primary link, my connection to creativity in this really wild time we're living in, because it's a fucking stressful time. (laughs) It's so easy to feel stress. And as I think about it in the context of the idea that when stress walks in, creativity walks out, it's so easy to see that, how that really is true. How in these stressful times, these overwhelming times, it's much less uh, simple to to you know be creative and to let you know our our true our essence our what's in our hearts flow through us in a fluid creative open way because stress creates constriction. So I can really see how that's true, and I can see how you know it's it's both a product of our times and. Um, if we if we believe that there are, you know, people in the world who, you know, I don't want to get conspiratorial here, but um, leaders, systems, I should say systems, that's, that's the word, systems in the world that benefit, if we believe there are systems in the world that benefit from keeping us, you know, um, believing certain things and and acting in certain ways to keep those systems alive, it makes sense that it's like those systems want to keep us stressed because we, if we're stressed, we're not going to be thinking about creative ways uh, to, to live outside of those systems. And I know that's very vague, but here I'm going to talk more about what I, what I really mean by that. So it's easy to see how when stress walks in, Saraswati, creativity walks out, But I also believe that the inverse is also true. One of my other wonderful teachers and colleagues, Lena Franklin, always says everything contains its opposite. And I believe that to be true, especially of something like this. If when stress walks in, Saraswati, creativity, walks out, I also believe that when Saraswati walks in, stress walks out. The inverse is true, that when creativity walks in, stress walks out. So I'm proposing today that creativity is an antidote to stress and tension. That's why I called this episode creativity to cut tension. Because I believe I'm I'm learning and, and sitting with this idea. And I really believe that creativity is an antidote to tension. Just like tension is a is a block, is a is a hindrance to creativity, creativity is an antidote, is a practice for for counterbalancing tension. And that's kind of what I mean when I, I I touched on this a moment ago when I said if there are oppressive systems in the world, systems like racism, systems like toxic capitalism, systems like patriarchal oppression that benefit from keeping people acting the same way that they always have throughout history, because these are old historic systems, if they benefit from keeping people acting the same way, then of course they benefit from keeping folks stressed out because stress makes people less creative. 
And creativity, on the other hand, if we think if we if we think about this little equation that we're forming here with stress and creativity, creativity would in, then inspire people to live differently, which would threaten these systems. So I just want to I'm emphasizing that because I believe that is one of the fundamental links between stress and creativity in our times, in the times we're living in, because we are seeing the effects of so many oppressive systems, systems that want to take bodily and reproductive autonomy away from people. Because as I record this, we're still contending with the fact that our U.S. Supreme Court is about to overturn Roe versus Wade. Systems that want to keep citizens armed rather than creatively finding new ways to keep people both safe and to, um, to show up in the world without, you know, arming people to the teeth. Um, so I'm talking about those kinds of systems. And I, I, that's my link between stress and creativity because right now in this time, we are seeing the visceral, painful, horrific effects of these types of oppressive systems and they're stressing us out. And that makes it harder for us to be creative. And on the, on the other side, if we were able to be creative, we would be able to find new paths forward outside of these oppressive systems and that's a threat to those systems so it makes sense to me that all these systems are rearing their heads right now to try to keep us stressed so we can't be creative but i think that means that creativity is not just this light airy you know thing it's a radical creativity can be a radical practice Honoring, calling in, evoking, living, embodying the essence of creativity is revolutionary and radical right now. Because if we can be creative, one, it helps us to release our tension, to release the constriction of tension and get into the fluidity of creative creativity. Because if we think about creativity, it's inherently fluid. It's it's like the the energy of something bigger than us is moving through us. If we think about you know singing, music moving through us, fl- notes flowing outward. If we think about art, we're we're painting brushstrokes or we're building, and and that energy is moving from you know something we see in our minds to something we're creating tangibly in the world. And there's a fluidity to that so creativity is fluid stress is constricted so on the one hand if we if we're practicing creativity we relieve our constriction and our tension and it's radical on the other hand because it gives us the power to creatively construct new paths forward in a world where the shit that we've been doing just is not working so that's why I'm, I'm sitting and thinking about Saraswati and creativity today as a radical practice, as a practice both on an individual level for taking care of ourselves and honoring ourselves in a world that really, really wants to keep us stressed out and really is keeping us stressed out, and as a collective practice for radically cultivating creativity to creative, creatively envision new paths forward in the world creatively envision ways to address our epidemic of gun violence because the ways we've been addressing it is not working people are still dying every day creatively envision ways that you know we can honor all all people and all expressions of being a human as i sit here and record this on the second day of pride month happy pride to my trans queer you know, 
family. I'm, you know, I'm a bisexual girl. Um, I identify as queer and uh, just so happy pride. And so creatively honoring all ways of being ways we can creatively show up for and take care of each other so that people are not in a position where they're forced to have children they don't want or where they don't have enough resources, right? There's a really inequitable distribution of resources in our world. So creativity helps us envision different ways of being that address these really painful and pertinent issues that our world faces. So again, I'm sort of just I'm sharing. This is why I'm, I'm sitting here and honoring creativity in a heavy world. And now you know where I'm coming from on it. We won't spend too much more time talking about it because the best thing we can do to honor that fluid essence of creativity that both relieves our tension and helps us create a better world is not to just talk about it, but to practice it, to embody it to feel the tangible essence of that creative energy, that flow, that divine flow, sometimes in the yoga tradition called Shakti, to really feel it moving through us. And we do that through practice and embodiment. So this will be the moment in our Awareness Offerings podcast where we shift from discussion into practice. So if you're not in a space where you can sit for a little meditative consciousness practice, if you're doing something else, you're driving, might be a good time to pause and come back for practice later. If you are in a space where you can practice, let's do it. Go ahead and find your way into a comfortable seat, which is any seat at all. You get to be creative with this. Any seat that allows you to lengthen your spine, the central channel of your body where that energy, that essence, that flow of life force or shakti or prana moves through you. Now, I know I just said a lot of Sanskrit words. I want to real quick, as you find your comfortable seat, which you can sit however you want, you can sit on the ground, you can sit on your cushion, on your pillow, with your legs crossed, with your legs extended, with your back against the wall, in a chair, on a bed, right? Be creative. But as you find your way into whatever seat works for you, I'll explain what I meant when I just used all those Sanskrit words when I talked about the spine. The spinal column is the central energy channel, the super highway of of energy in the body where all of our energy moves. And creativity, that flow, as I said a moment ago, is associated with Shakti, which is the energy of spiritual power, our personal and universal spiritual energy moving through us. And prana is sort of the, the building block of Shakti. Prana is our life force. It is our aliveness. It's our breath. It's our consciousness, our awareness. And when we become aware of prana, our life force, and infuse it with awareness and love and power and work with it through practices, prana then becomes Shakti. It becomes our conscious spiritual power and energy that moves through us. So that's kind of what those things mean. Quick, not exhaustive overview of some Sanskrit terms. Um, That is not a full and thorough explanation, just a quick little primer, um, just so you know what I'm saying when I say lengthen your spine so that creative essence of prana and shakti can move through you. So hopefully now you have found that seat for yourself where your spine is long and we'll go into some embodied practice. Majaya, this powerful spiritual teacher who who I've spoken a little bit about today, Uh, She spoke a lot about um, the actuality of Shakti or spiritual energy, which is what we talk about when we talk about Saraswati or any of the kind of um, more um, goddess-like, you know, 
fluid goddess-like Hindu deities. She talked about the actuality of Shakti, the actuality of spiritual energy. And by actuality, she was referring to the fact that Excuse me, I had an air bubble and then I sort of got caught in the energy for a second. She was referring to the fact that it's not just something we talk about. When we talk about the energy, the essence of Saraswati, of creativity, of power, of love, it's not just a concept. When, we're, when we talk about it, it's not just this abstract idea. It is actual. It is tangible. It is real. It is a it is in it is a real force of energy that is moving and flowing and and with us even as we speak about it it's tangible so practice is how we get into the actuality of it so here in your comfortable seat let's go for it you might choose to settle into your seat by closing your eyes or softening your gaze gazing down the tip of your nose or toward the floor settling in turning toward yourself prioritizing your internal awareness over the external for just a few minutes so that you can replenish yourself on your supply of of spiritual energy in a world that really wants to deplete it with stress. And you might, if you haven't already, continue to settle into this seat and this practice with a practice of breath awareness. Nothing you have to change about your breath or do with your breath right now. Simply observing it. Noticing that you're breathing in as you inhale. Noticing that you're breathing out as you exhale. observing the process of breath as an invitation for your mind, your body, and your focus to come into one place. Just continuing to settle, landing where you are. And as you land where you are, you might notice what, what's happening where you are, what your experience is right now. You might feel like it's just so simple to drop into presence. That there's ease and peace already. Amazing. You might feel that there's some tightness, some tension, some, some friction that rubs up against your ability to be present. That's understandable. It's a tense time. So you observe what's here. No judgment. <clears throat> Excuse me. No judgment, no need to to change it right now. Through the practices, we will work with it. And from this place of presence, we're going to begin the more kind of formal, instructed practice. And it involves both a a specific point of awareness in the body and a silent mantra. 
a silent set of sounds that you say to yourself internally. Silent mantra is a beautiful practice because we can take it anywhere and do it anywhere. So first I'll share with you the mantra. It's a Saraswati mantra. It is saying the name of Saraswati in Sanskrit um, as a way of evoking that actual tangible energy of creative fluid flow. So the mantra is Om, I'm, like I am, I'm, Om, I'm, but it's spelled A-I-M, just heads, heads up. <laughs> so it's Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. In the name of the consciousness of Saraswati. Namaha is name. Om is consciousness. So Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. And again, we'll say it silently in this practice, but just so you have a reference point, the way that it sounds when it is sung or chanted out loud is Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. So you might be continuing to connect to your breath here and you'll breathe that in to yourself, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Exhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Breathing in the silent mantra, singing it to yourself and for yourself. Inhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Exhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Just getting that practice going, tuning it up in your mind. Sound is an inherently creative practice. Saraswati is deeply associated with sound and music. Just breathing it in. Om I'm Saraswati Namaha. And out. Om I'm Saraswati Namaha. Not only does this evoke that creative, fluid essence of this, this mother, this goddess, Saraswati, and the fluidity of creativity, which counteracts the tightness of tension, but it also helps to work against tension in a general way with the mind. Because the mind, the thoughts, the way that the mind jumps all over the place can be a source of tension. It can take us out of the moment and into constriction. But if we use the mind as a tool, if we, if we put a tool in our minds that gets a little louder than our thoughts, that also helps counterbalance tension. If the mantra becomes louder than the mind, that is also a tension relief practice. So continuing your practice, inhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Exhaling, Om, I'm, Saraswati, Namaha. Continuing that, we'll add the next layer. I love a layered practice. It's part of my lineage. And I said earlier, this practice involved our silent mantra and a point of awareness in the body. So that point of awareness for this particular practice is the tip of the tongue. 
As you continue to breathe your silent mantra, Om Aim, Saraswati Ay Namaha, in and out for yourself, I'll invite you to bring your awareness to the tip of your tongue. Keep it going, and I'll explain to you why we're doing that. So in the body, there are different energy pathways. I've talked to you about the spinal column as the largest and most central energy pathway, channel of energy, but it's not the only one. It's the major one, but there are all these different minor channels that flow through the body. They're called in Sanskrit nadis, N-A-D-I-S, nadis. The spinal column is sushumna nadi, spinal column, spinal pathway. There are these different nadis or pathways, and there is one referred to as Saraswati nadi, or the energy pathway in our body associated with our creative flow, our creative energy. And according to the yoga philosophy I've been taught, Saraswati nadi ends, the end point of this energy channel is the tip of the tongue. The tip of the tongue is the culmination point of our creative energy channel in the body. So as you breathe your Saraswati mantra, silent mantra in and out, and you bring your awareness to the tip of your tongue, you evoke that actuality, that tangible embodiment of creative energy that flows, that has a pathway that flows through you. So that's the practice here is awareness at the tip of the tongue, the end of Saraswati Nadi, inhaling Om I'm Saraswati Ay Namaha. Exhaling, Om, I'm Saraswati, Ay Namaha. We'll do that for a few moments. Awareness at the tip of the tongue. Saraswati Nadi. Breathing the mantra in and out. Two more times like this, inhaling, Om, I'm Saraswati, I'm Namaha. Exhaling, Om, I'm Saraswati, I'm Namaha. Inhaling, Om, I'm Saraswati, I'm Namaha. And exhaling, Om, I'm Saraswati, I'm Namaha. And now you can release the silent mantra, but keep your awareness at the tip of your tongue, at the culmination of that Saraswati creativity energy pathway in your body. And then I'll invite you from here to turn your palms to face up. Rest the backs of your hands on your legs or wherever you can rest them, palms facing up, which is a receiving gesture. And you imagine yourself receiving that flow. 
receiving that constant fluid essence of creative energy that's always moving, always creating, always transforming. You imagine yourself receiving that, feeling that embodied actuality of energy moving through you now. Maybe you feel it tangibly, maybe you just ask for it, but know that it's there. As we release tension, we invite Saraswati, we invite creativity in. So you imagine yourself receiving that flow, feeling that flow. There's a mantra that comes from my lineage of yoga as well. And it's mother, let me feel your flow. And Saraswati is a goddess. She's one of the mothers. So you could use that here. Just mother, let me feel your flow. Mother, let me feel your flow. Just receiving the flow. If, if mother doesn't work for you, just asking, you know, let me feel the flow. Or saying to yourself, I receive the flow. You get to put your words in to really correlate to what resonates with you and your, your spiritual essence. Just receiving, receiving the flow. Receiving the mother's flow. The creative energy that will transform us and the world we live in. From here, I'll invite you to imagine now that your upturned palms, not just receiving, but are now also making an offering. Offering your tension to Saraswati, to the formless essence of creativity, to whatever sacred source you love. Just offering your tension. And I'm going to speak out loud what I believe this Saraswati mantra and Saraswati work means in English as a mantra and an evocation. You can repeat after me in your mind or out loud if it resonates or just receive as you offer, as you offer your tension. So when we say Om I'm Saraswati Ai Namaha, what I believe we're saying is I offer my tension to the creative mother. I trust that she will guide me in finding new paths forward in my life, that she will guide us in finding new paths forward in our world, and that she will imbue my work and my offerings with the essence of power, love, and the sacred. I offer my tension to the creative mother. I trust that she will guide me in finding new paths forward in my life and guide us in finding new paths forward in the world and imbue my work and my offerings with the essence of power and love and the sacred. I'll invite us to breathe that invocation, that intention in with a deep inhale. Make it an offering as we exhale. And then if it feels 
supportive and correct for you. Circle your palms to touch. Bring your thumbs to the center of your chest. Just dropping all that creative work right at your heart. Then as you're ready, you can release your hands. You can begin to blink your eyes open. You can begin to move around, just finding your way out of the internal space of meditation, coming into the external space of your life. Maybe you keep your awareness at the tip of your tongue for a few moments, though, just as a symbol of your commitment to holding that space, that creative, powerful space externally as well, because that's where we need it. Our radical commitment to creativity, to creatively imagining a world that is better, more equitable, more conscious, more real than the one we're living in. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>